everybody, and welcome to another episode of Natter the Zillennial Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie, and we are here today with Kiersey. Hello, Kiersey. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you, or I'm excited to have you. I'm the only one on the team. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Yeah. How about you tell us a little bit about yourself and what we will be talking about today? Oh, God. Um, okay. Hi, I am Kiersey. I am a... Oh. I am a crazy cat lady as I got a cat here trying to get her way onto air here. Um, so I am a professional tarot card reader. I am a psychic medium, um, a professional student. I've been in school for like six years right now doing my second undergrad degree and no end in sight. Um, yeah, I, sorry, crazy cat lady. I'm so sorry, honey. You have to go. <laughs> We love cats. I know we do too, but she's getting a little too much. Um, but yeah, I never know what to say to introduce myself. I'm kind of that weird paranormal girl that likes horror movies and ghosts and tarot and witchy stuff. Yes, I am a practicing witch as well. But yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Like witchy things over here. My my sister and my mom are getting very into um my sister especially. I don't know if you've ever seen her art. Everyone mm -hmm. go Gabrielle Rose from the Dead. She did my my logo for the podcast, but she does witchy stuff too. So I'm very comfortable with it. I know not everybody is or knows anything about it. So I'm really mm -hmm. excited for this episode. Let's get right to it. Okay. How did you first step into the world of witchcraft and occult stuff? Oh my goodness. Um Okay, so it's been something I've loved, like, all my life. When I was in elementary school, I pretended I was a witch all the time. Actually, I got bullied by this group of kids, and one oh. of the boys would always sing that ding-dong, the witch is dead at me, like, all the time. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> yeah, but it was so funny, because looking back on it now, I'm like, man, I really was a witch my whole life. Um but yeah, I was always interested in it, and um, um, full disclosure, am I allowed to say that I'm not technically a zillennial? Um, You're allowed to say whatever. <laughs> I am technically a millennial, um, although I feel like I'm in with Gen Z. I feel like that's where my 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 people are. <laughs> um, I grew up when the internet was very very new. And one day I like really wanted to discover what witchcraft actually was. So I remember Googling it, but all that would come up all the time was just like these scary, scary depictions of like the devil and demons. And I was like, oh my God, I can't be into this. But um, I kind of tried to be normal for a little bit mm -hmm. um, throughout like junior high and high school. And then when I was in my early 20s, like when I was probably about 20 or 21, I met a woman who is a incredible medium. And she had mentioned the word pagan and that she's a practicing witch. And all of a sudden I was like, what is that? And I had never heard the term pagan before. So I mm -hmm. fully dived in, went on like a research spree, got a whole bunch of books and realized that there was a place where I belonged all along and yeah now I've been a practicing pagan witch for about eight years now 
and tarot came along at some point um, and has been something that's really resonated with me and that I've been uh, practicing for probably about seven, eight years, um, although I dabbled with it when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. just like a Ouija board. But <laughs> <laughs> Were you ever afraid to touch a Ouija board? Because I was terrified when I was a teenager. Um, yeah, yes and no. I, I was scared. Um, I think I got scared after... Um, me and my girlfriends when I was like 14 we did a Ouija board night at one of their places because my mom will not allow that in her home and yeah um we had some pretty creepy experiences but I don't know if maybe somebody was playing with the board I have no idea um (laughs) but knowing what I know now I'm not scared of it at all I mean if you use it properly not you're not gonna let anything bad in and if you're using proper like protection like psychic protection you'll be okay um but we can dive into that later (laughs) so when you were just getting into it like obviously North America is such a Christian place Mm -hmm. did you have any pushback from the people around you about like hey don't get into that that's like the devil's work um I don't really think so um I Yeah, I kind of came from a family where, like, my grandparents are pretty religious on my dad's side, um, but my parents were never, um, I don't know, they didn't really bring us up with any particular religion, so we were pretty free to, like, choose the paths we wanted to take in life and Mm -hmm. kind of discover things on our own, Um, but I've definitely come across people um, who just have these complete misconceptions about what it is and what I do and think like these insane things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's, it's interesting, but I've never really had too much, like what you're doing is of the devil and you shouldn't be doing that. Um, and I don't know if that's also because me, I'm as a person, I just don't really care what people think about me at this point. I'm like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it hasn't been too much like that. I know that's not everybody's story at all. Um, but I it's just, so nice to hear when people do have the good story. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we need that. We need your story. <laughs> totally. So when it comes to being a witch like you said there's a lot of misconceptions about it let's just go over all that first what does it mean to you to be a witch and what are some of the major misconceptions that you're like okay this thought process about it just has to end we have to dispel (laughs) it completely um to me being a witch has really been about my own self-empowerment um has been with connecting with myself my ancestors my um relatives my my own spirit essentially. Um, And there are so many ways to be a witch. There are so many different paths that you can take. Not everybody's path is the same at all. There are um, different, kind of like you would have different denominations of Christianity. There's that within witchcraft and within paganism. It's, there are these huge umbrella terms that kind of get all lumped together to Mm -hmm portray one thing but it's it's definitely not all the same across the board um sorry I completely forgot the second question you asked me my the misconceptions (laughs) like a couple misconceptions that you're like nah we're not dealing with this anymore okay um well misconception number one that we 
like worship the devil. Um, okay, this cat is back. Hello, sweetie. Come on. <laughs> Sorry about this. Um, but definitely the misconception that we like worship the devil and that we uh, work with evil spirits and stuff like that. And I think that comes from a lot of um, just a lot of the history of how witchcraft has been portrayed, especially um, when you're considering that there was a time when magic was used um, within the church and the church was aligned with the state. And a lot of the ways that they portrayed a witch was as a negative um, a negative person practicing evil, dark magic that couldn't be allowed to practice that way because they wanted magic to be practiced only by priests and um, higher ups in the communities that could profit off of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so we still kind of have this idea of floating around. And I definitely see a lot of people like think that I'm think that when people claim themselves as witches that they they either practice dark magic or that they believe in these supernatural powers mm -hmm. or believe that they would have supernatural powers and to an extent like I do believe that there is a form of the supernatural but I also come from a place in my worldview where I believe that is very natural like I don't think it's supernatural if that yeah. makes sense to you <laughs> Totally. And in so many cultures, it is just a part of natural life. Yeah. And like the thing with the devil, it's, I, I, I don't know too, too much about Christianity. So I don't want to mix anything up here. Um, I was Catholic my entire life. So <laughs> if you say something, I'm like, whoa, that's off base. I can let you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Because um, yeah, I'm still learning. Like I'm a religious studies um, minor right now. Oh, cool. And I actually haven't learned anything about Christianity yet, so I need to do my due diligence there. But um, my understanding of the devil and of like Lucifer is that he was an angel that fell. And I don't really know exactly the whole story, but I feel like a lot of that has kind of stayed in like the canon of what it means to like go against God and go against um, these majority religions and majority ideologies throughout time, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, I just think that's a huge misconception. There's this beautiful moment in one of my favorite movies, Practical Magic, where Sandra Bullock's character is like, there's no devil in the craft. And it's I love that. that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good movie. But yeah, 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 totally. There's there's just so much portrayal of witches in media and it could be through good things or bad things. And even though today, like we obviously know people still practice paganism and still do all these things, I, I don't feel like we give enough space to, I don't want to say like alternative beliefs, but anything apart from the dominant um, mm -hmm. religious culture we have, we don't give enough space to learn about them. So it's just like, really exciting to hear what actual witch actual witches have to say about their own stuff I met one witch when I was in back in my hometown in Prince Albert and she was just so open to every single thing that came out of my mouth <laughs> she's like yeah okay we'll just roll with that and I was like okay this is a very interesting interaction so <laughs> That's cool. yeah I don't know it's it's just so cool to hear 
other beliefs and hear other ways that the world works. I love it. So let's dive into your tarot work. I want to know all about that. How did it start? Um, well, it started from the same woman who, um, who essentially led me like my little guide that kind of showed me that I could be pagan and a witch and that it was a thing. Um, she teaches tarot because she's also a tarot reader. And so I took a class from her. Um, and I really, really loved it. I really resonated with everything and I started using it on my own. And I always liked to read for my friends if I could, but I'd always be reading from the book. And I had this idea that with tarot, I had to um, constantly, like, I have a bit, like, I have an anxiety disorder and I tend to have like OCD tendencies. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not diagnosed with it, but I do notice I have a lot of the the obsessive compulsive behavior and like compensatory words, that kind of yeah, behavior totally. <laughs> um, when it comes to how I learn things. And so I had this mm -hmm. idea that I, everything had to match exactly the books and I had to memorize word for word what the each card meant. And that's completely not the way tarot works that I have discovered. Um, so I, I struggled with that for a while and really coming into my own with that. But once I was, I think it was when I was about 23 or 24, um, when I was living in Edmonton, I found this class online about learning how to intuitively read the tarot. And I've always been an intuitive person. So I was like, you know what, let's, let's try this. And so I did. And it opened up a whole, like a whole new world for me with, with how I could relate to the cards and how I have a relationship now with the cards and um, with my, my uh, spirit guides that help me um, to kind of connect with different symbols and um, bring forward messages. And that's kind of mm -hmm. how I started reading. And ever since then, it's just kind of the relationship that I have with tarot has developed and grown and now I'm really comfortable reading I mean I'm always learning new things yeah. and finding new things in it but that's kind of how I started with it <laughs> that's amazing do you okay I guess I kind of want to backtrack a little bit so mm -hmm. through your um through paganism is how you found this originally does everybody who follows um in whatever stream you're in do you think they all have the ability to pick up these things or is it based on who you are personally if you have those intuitive gifts or not like to do tarot or other kinds of readings okay this is my favorite favorite question because I don't think it matters who you are where you come from what you do what path you're on what religion you're under we all have these gifts we all have these abilities it's like a muscle um uh, like, I know you'll relate to this. Like, you know how, um, you know how you sing and you're like, oh, I don't think I could ever hit that note or be like that person. But the more you practice and the more you practice, the more your muscle develops and you can mm -hmm. actually do it. That's yeah. what it's like using your intuition and um, diving into these things. Like, um, 
I, I've always felt the connection, but I think it was definitely me making that declaration and really deciding this is what I want to go for. This is what I'm doing and I'm going to keep working on it. That, that solidified that for me. But I think everybody's capable of it. I love that. So when did you first start doing your readings and realizing like it was the intuitive stuff that helped you? When did you first mm -hmm. have the confidence to step forward with it and say, I can do readings for other people? <laughs> oh, God, that took forever. Um, I think it was in 2018 or 2017. I think it was like 2017 when I was like, I reached out to some of my friends on Snapchat because I am... <laughs> so obsessed with snapchat um it's I, a good platform i know it's so fun i always send my friends funny faces like constantly <laughs> i just can't ever be serious um but i sent out through snapchat for like a couple like guinea pigs because i had this idea in mind and i wanted to do it for so long and so i was like finally like you know what i need five people that want to get a reading and I'll see what happens there. And so I got five people to trust me to give them a reading and I got some really good feedback. And so I went from there and then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go all out and do this as my business. And I uh, launched my business in 2018 in like February and it's kind of been going ever since. But um, I think for me, it was finally... Like I was capable of it. I just needed to give myself that push and be like, okay, we're doing it and just do it. Totally. And congratulations on the success of it. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Do you have any good reading stories you could tell us or is that all like confidential between you and your client? I, I keep them confidential unless um, anybody is open to me sharing stories. Um, there are some incident... Um, instances yeah instances that's what I'm looking for I'm like oh, that doesn't come across right um <laughs> where like I can share without going into to details which is sure what I prefer to do anyway um uh I guess what I'd like to share from my experiences with giving readings for people is how I, I'm never not amazed by what comes through <laughs> does that make sense like it never like it doesn't stop surprising me um I've had moments where I've brought through um because I am a, a developing medium um I sit in circle every week but it's something that occasionally will come through in a reading and I've had instances with some friends where a loved one's come through and I've gotten all these weird details right that are just so mm -hmm. random like I couldn't know um things like that happen there have been times where the tarot cards call us right out like it's so <laughs> fun um one time I was giving myself a reading I was going through a pretty bad time in a relationship and I pulled the tarot the devil and then the three of swords which is like three swords within in a heart and I was like okay I get I get it like <laughs> you didn't have to say it like that um that's funny because even I as someone who doesn't know what each tarot card means, gets that that's not a good thing for your relationship <laughs> <laughs> no like the tower is all about like complete overhaul of everything and things crumbling down around you and then the devil 
I mean, just the thought of the devil is in like a Christian character. You're like, oh, not so great. But uh, it definitely has to do with um, codependency and being attached to things that aren't great for you. And then three swords and a heart. That's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Is there anything that is very important for a tarot client to know before they come in or something important for them to do to prepare? Okay. I wouldn't say there's anything that you absolutely need to do for preparing, but I think it's really important that even if you're skeptical, you still try and remain open, Um, especially if you're working with somebody who is an intuitive, a psychic, or a medium. Um, I know not a lot of tarot readers Um, call themselves that or believe that they work with those energies. But um, I just find that when people are more open to just experiencing the experience for what it is and just um, open to having their energy kind of read, um, that just allows for things to flow a lot better. Like you can still be skeptical. Like I'm Mm -hmm. still skeptical sometimes about some people or some readers or experiences but um it's just trying to be as open as you can be um because that just helps the energy flow a lot better and it helps the rapport between you and the reader get stronger which also increases the the like vibration like that high energy that allows everything to to continue flowing um the other thing that i would say is to not feed your reader okay what does that mean Okay, so that means that you're giving your reader a lot of information. Um, I wouldn't do that. What I like to do when I'm getting read or when I am reading somebody is to not have any information. Um, If a reader asks you a question, typically answer with a yes or no or that doesn't make sense. Um, Unless there's something for some reason that you need to go into a bit more detail with, but the reader should tell you um, that that's what they need. Because you don't want your reader to know too much about you because then they're letting their brain get into it and not actually um, allowing the cards to do the work or their intuition to do the work. Yeah. Can you walk me through what a typical reading would be like for you doing all of these things? Oh, yeah. Um, So with me, what I like to do um, with my live readings, uh, because I do offer PDF readings where you don't have to show up. I don't have to talk to you or anything. Like you can just order it. Um, but I love doing live readings. It's so much fun. Um, what I typically do is when I get on the call with somebody, it's usually a zoom meeting. Um, I'll introduce myself, um, let you ask any questions and I'll kind of explain how I read the tarot. Um, -hmm. because I don't, I've been experimenting more with this, with predicting future events, but I don't really like to. <laughs> if okay. I'm being completely honest, I don't find predictions very helpful. I think a lot of the times I read from a place where I'm finding out what you need to do right now, what what's kind of getting in your way and what things you need to focus on in your life at this moment in order to move forward and get to the place that you want to be. So mm-hmm. when I do a reading, I depending on the question you have, if you have a question, cool. We can go from there. If you don't have a question, also cool. We can just do a general reading. Um, Either way, spirit and the cards will tell you exactly what you need to know. 
Um, and one thing I like to make clear is that it's not set in stone. Like we are still living, breathing people that change their mind on a daily basis that mm-hmm. have different circumstances that pop up or things that happen. And just because the card, um, like say the the potential future card or the immediate future card pops up as one thing, it doesn't mean that's going to happen. You still have the chance to change any card that is laid out on that table. Um, mm-hmm. The tarot just gives you that information that you need to know about why it's there and why it's happening and what's going on and how you can possibly change it. Um, so yeah, then I'll get through with the reading and um, people can always ask questions during the reading. We can always clarify things. I just kind of go until until the reading's done or time is up or whatever. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. When uh, when somebody is choosing their cards, because that's how it works, right? Like you offer them which cards and they choose them themselves? Um, well, I do everything uh, virtually right now. So right. Um, you don't typically uh, choose your cards. Like I, I shuffle okay. them. Yeah, I guess I should have brought that up with what happens with the reading. But um, <laughs> I'll shuffle the cards um, while you ask the question or talk to me about what you want to want to look at um, without of course giving me too much information and I'll lay out um, a spread depending on what kind of question you're looking for so okay what I tend to go for is what's called the Celtic cross spread and it's really great for laying out like um, the past foundation of what happened your possible immediate future um, things that are in your conscious awareness things that might be on your mind that you're not focusing on right now that play into the situation in your unconscious, um, your hopes, fears, influences, whether external or internal, and then what could kind of come from that situation. And there's so many different spreads that you can use. Cool. I keep saying that cool for everything, but it is. I didn't realize (laughs) that there were different um, different spreads and are they for different occasions or just based on what works best for you? Um, honestly, both. Um, that's the thing I love about tarot is that it's so, um, adaptable. It's so flexible. Um, okay. So it's so flexible that you can, like, I like to use the Celtic cross a lot of the time, but I also have different spreads that I can go to and say, I don't really feel like doing a spread for whatever reason. I can just ask a question and throw out cards as I ask questions and get answers that way um, and different cards influence the meaning of others. So it could mean one thing on one day and a totally different thing the next day, just because of one card that I got pulled with it or is in a different placement. So it's flexible kind of the way people are. No, oh, yeah. In the way we change. A hundred percent. Does reading tarot um, for others affect you in terms of energy or, um, how you feel for the rest of the day? Is it something you have to personally prepare for? Um, yes. Uh, it's definitely something I have to personally prepare for. Um, I will usually start by doing like a meditation um, to begin my day with every day. And then when I'm reading for people, I always try and ground my energy and um, raise my vibration. So kind of do a, kind of do like a, 
an uplifting kind of activity or um, play music or dance around or do a meditation that just kind of like allows me to get into like the zone with it um, before I do anybody's reading. Um, there's definitely a lot of like psychic protection things that have to happen um, yeah. on the daily when you're doing this kind of work because when you're dealing with people, you're dealing with lots of different energy. And when you're doing psychic work, you're you're going into people's energy to kind of get a sense of what's going on, um, which can be very draining because sometimes you take yeah. on other people's energies. One thing that I try to do is I try to connect to spirit before I do anything because it's a much lighter energy to deal with throughout my day. So when I'm connecting at that level, I'm not taking on as much um, energy from other people. For anybody who isn't um, aware of what spirit is, could you explain that concept uh, to those listeners? Yeah. Um, spirit is, I mean, when you think of spirit and you think of ghosts or you think of um like God, creator, universe, universal energy. Um, it's all that kind of jazz. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is um, essentially, it's the life force that flows through everybody. Um, but when, I, when I'm speaking of spirit, I'm speaking of like the spirit world and connecting to, connecting to my version of God, connecting to my version of the creator, um, and the universal energy essentially is what I'm, what I'm talking about when I say spirit, which is understandable why it's so important for you to tap into it before doing heavier work, I guess. Yeah. So outside of tarot, what else would your practice include? Of course, all these things that you would do to prepare for tarot, but what about completely unrelated things that are just part of your witchcraft? Oh, um, I, well, obviously I do a lot of meditation. Um, I like to do some spell work and small rituals on occasion. Um, I really love working with incense. Um, I'm an air sign, so I love working with air, um, and earth, a lot of that. Um, I like to take ritual baths. Um, I haven't in a while, but hopefully I will soon. <laughs> Is that like a bath with intention? Essentially. Um, yeah, it's essentially a bath with an intention or yeah, yeah, I guess just intention would be a perfect way to say it. Um, but you can also use like very specific salts to cleanse your body or scrubs or candles and rose petals if you're feeling like you need a little love in your day. Essential oils even. Um you have to be careful with those though, because some of them aren't great for pets and you want to make sure that it's not something you're allergic to or could potentially mm. um, harm your body in any way. Totally. Yeah. So sorry I had to interrupt. I just got really hooked on the idea of a bath. So <laughs> I needed to know. That's okay. That's totally okay. <laughs> yeah. I used to buy specifically scented bubble bath stuff for different mm -hmm. intentions and that's what I used to love to take baths in. <laughs> I love that. Uh, does your practice ever include crystals? Um, yes. So um, this is a weird thing for me. Like it used to like contain a lot of crystal work. Um, I used to carry around different crystals for different 
purposes. I still do on occasion, like um, particularly if I was working, I would just pop a specific crystal that I wanted into like my work apron because I was a waitress and uh, mm-hmm. it, each different crystal has a different meaning. Um, I've realized um, through more education and just learning and growing um, as one does, I've, I've learned about a lot of unethical practices that uh, go along with crystals. So I've been trying to not purchase um, as many as I used to, for sure. Um, I also have been really big into kind of like researching where the place that I'm at gets their crystals from um, so that I can do it in a more ethical way. Totally. But yeah, I definitely use some crystals sometimes. Um, There's different correspondences that they kind of go to, like rose quartz is for love, um, whether that means a relationship or self-love or just feeling the feeling of love and that that light energy that comes with it um there's grounding crystals like black tourmaline that one's my absolute favorite for that Mm. (laughs) I love their names their names are so cool right (laughs) (laughs) and I hear that okay I don't hear I know that you have to cleanse crystals to use them properly how does one do that it depends on the type of crystal um so some crystals you can put in water so some crystals I will put in like I'll I'll technically make holy water which is essentially salt and then you in the water and you bless the water um so I will make holy water sometimes and let the crystals soak in that for a bit um you can cleanse them in the light of the full moon leave them on your window ledge, let them charge up with that light. Um, You can, there's crystal sprays that you can get that have like different essential oils or um, different, uh, um, uh, what are they called? They're like essence of something like um, clear, uh, no, not clear quartz like selenite and there's different crystals that don't technically have to be um cleansed so there's all those that can cleanse other crystals um with that um selenite's one that you can cleanse other crystals with um salt keeping them in a thing of salt or in some earth different things like that can cleanse crystals and even with um like smoke cleansing you can use uh um different things like different incense um or different herbs that you want to smoke cleanse with all those kinds of things that's so interesting and there's so so just so many different kinds I can't imagine how you keep all of that straight in your head (laughs) Um, you can become a geologist next uh, I don't think I'm there yet like (laughs) to be honest there's so much that I do not know about it (laughs) That's totally fair. I know my She's favorites. Like, That's it. <laughs> there's so much to learn. I mean, I, about anything, mm-hmm. but incense seems to be important for a lot of different types of practice um, throughout a lot of different cultures. So, how do you use it? Um, I use it in various different ways. I use it to cleanse um, and consecrate different uh, ritual items. I use it to cleanse my tarot cards sometimes, my space. Um, 
I use it while I meditate. I use different types of incense to set different intentions with. Um, I use it when I do yoga sometimes if I want to create a little bit more of a like a a ritualized atmosphere or a very um, deliberate atmosphere for my practice. Um, Mm -hmm. All those different ways. And I use it just because I love it sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes there's no reason. Yeah, totally. I see. And I'm totally getting this overarching theme of like not being separate from earth and nature Mm -hmm. and making use of things in everyday life to actually connect yourself to all of that. Yes. I think the modern society could use a little bit of. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. Um, Like nature, it's it's what sustains us. We need it. We can't do anything. We can't be without it. So we need to take care of it and try our best to connect with it and um, use it ethically, responsibly, and carefully. (laughs) Does, oh, I don't even know how to word this question. I don't want to say stream, what stream of paganism do you follow, but is there a specific, um, I don't know. How do I word that? A specific <laughs> pagan um, culture that you follow that we could learn more about? Um, the simple answer is no. <laughs> um, I, uh, I mean, I'm definitely learning and growing as I do this. Um, I try to connect with more of my ancestry that I'm a part of. Um, specifically, I feel most connected with my, um, Cree Métis roots. So I'm trying to learn more and delve more into how I am a part of that and what that means to me, but I am disconnected from, um, from that, uh, lineage. Um, I know it's a very, it's, it's a very complex relationship, um, considering, a lot of people don't really know where they're from that are indigenous in Canada. And so I'm trying to learn a bit more about that and root my practices in what I know of at the moment. But um, where I started, I think I pulled from a lot of different cultures and a lot of different, um, a lot of different practices. And I'm recognizing and I'm learning that some of that was appropriative and could be harmful to people. And so I'm learning what's acceptable and what's not acceptable for my practice. And I've been changing a lot of the things that I did or do. Um, And whether that be taking courses on what I'm practicing or what I'm learning, um, like, actual courses from different teachers, different people of color, different, um, um, uh, what's, what word am I looking for? I'm, I'm having a real hard time with English today. We're both having a hard time, (laughs) but yeah, it's just, um, I'm very eclectic in nature. And then I also have a lot of European ancestry. Like I have, um, Ukrainian, German and Finnish. So I'm like, learning. I got that Ukrainian yeah, too. Yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm learning a bit more about those ancestral practices as well. Um, but I feel like a lot of it in the new age movement is just so 
smushed together for a very lack of a better word. Yeah. It's just, it, it's hard to disentangle things from each other. And even the more I learn in classes, like in my religion courses that I'm taking, I'm taking um, all different, uh, different types and learning all sorts of things. And it's interesting how histories intertwine and, and um, acculturate different things and it's just been a really weird experience trying to figure out where the hell you belong in this place (laughs) yeah I can imagine because it it seems so simple I guess when you're younger and like a teenager like oh I want to be a witch and you're like cool this is witch stuff but when you actually start to learn about the cultural things like for me as someone who's just interested in different beliefs and stuff it is extremely hard to find details about where like pagan practices and things like that come from. Cause obviously like I did a little bit of research before we talked (laughs) before this and yeah, trying to find like origins of things or names of important people and things like it's, you hear that this person was on this part of the globe, but another account says that they were on this part of the globe. And you're like, what what do I believe? Oh yeah. And there's so much, um, like I, I know this was kind of cheating, but I took a class in university last semester and it was called Studies in Witchcraft and the Occult. <laughs> I got a really good mark. <laughs> but, awesome. Um, yeah, I told my dad, I'm like, hey, guess what I got on my witchcraft paper? <laughs> He's like, that's cheating. <laughs> but uh um even what I'm learning there it's that there was there's so much misinformation even passed around in um in which circles um Mm -hmm. but it's also interesting at the same time because um having an understanding of what myth and mythology and lore does um as creating a narrative for a group of people um, it's kind of also hard to separate from other branches of religious idea and religious story. Um, it's really, it's a really interesting conversation. I encourage anybody to look into how narratives and mythology, um, kind of play into creating these, uh, these, religions and mm-hmm. groups it is really interesting and i found that was a lot of a lot of what witchcraft was like a lot of people thought mm-hmm. that witchcraft was this old ancient pagan practice but it turns out it's kind of but also not but also sort yeah. of but also not <laughs> it's really hard to pin something down so talking about the occult what other um, parts of it have piqued your interest do you study or practice or just like knowing that they exist I'm really interested in all of it um <laughs> it's hard <laughs> it's so hard to like want to do all these different things because they take so much time and effort to learn yeah. and I'm still in school and ah, <laughs> it's not enough time in the day but I definitely have been 
Well, I haven't been. I really want to learn how to read runes and like bone throwing. I think those are absolutely cool um, methods of that divination. That sounds so cool. Yeah. Um, I do a little bit like I really love my divination. I, I find it so much fun and so rewarding. So I like dabbling in like flame reading and I want to like I want to find practices for myself that are things that I can physically do Mm -hmm. um, and embody. I feel like things that you can like actually connect with on a physical level really enhance your practice and enhance uh, your magic essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, But over the last little while I've learned more about um, more about, like 19th century occult groups and practices and so I'd love to learn a bit more about um like art being associated with with mystical figures and like mystics of like the 19th century and how they've influenced I think that's the next kind of route I want to look into is learning about those figures and how they've influenced a lot of contemporary art totally yeah, it sounds like there's so much stuff. I also know that there's scrying. Have you ever looked into that? Yeah, I, I I try scrying every once in a while. I personally have a hard time with it, um, but I think it's definitely valuable and it's it's definitely something worth checking out if you're really called to it. Um, I haven't scry- like done mirror scrying, but I've done like crystal ball scrying or water scrying. Um, I definitely feel a lot more called to water than I do do other things there, but totally. Let's dive into some of the other things that you talked about. So, um, the divination stuff. What does that mean? Um, so divination is just um methods of finding knowledge and finding like where you fit into things or where the situation fits into things. So like tarot is a form of divination. Um, you have scrying is kind of a form of divination, um, bone throwing runes, that's divination. The I Ching is divination. Um, what else can I fit under that? (laughs) You can also have flame reading or candle, um, uh, candle flame reading, tea leaf reading. Those are all forms of divination. Even palmistry can be a form of divination. It's essentially looking to the future and into the past or into the present more deeply that's a very good answer (laughs) I guess I should explain to listeners correct me if I'm wrong scrying is when you look into um the the one that I'm familiar with is when you have like basically a black mirror and you look into it and look Mm -hmm. for look for the knowledge as you say I personally cannot do it so I have no idea does that come as like an intuitive thing that you feel does it come as something you see uh it it can come as all different things um it's kind of like a form okay my perspective on it is that it's kind of like a form of meditating whereas I prefer now to meditate with my eyes closed and getting to a point where I can hear my thought accept my thought and let it go and just see what comes up um the way I see it is that 
every like everybody has these abilities these like I don't want to call them gifts I don't want to call them like supernatural powers or anything I think it's all innate within everybody so it can come to you as whatever way it comes to you um sometimes you maybe see something like you could Mm -hmm. hear something you could feel something um it's however these little intuitions come to you right um so maybe seeing isn't something that you're connected with right now so maybe give it a try and see what comes up in your physical body and your mind and your your any any scent essentially or sense not scent that makes a lot of sense i guess i was thinking of each of these things as like i read tarot or i can do the the mirror scrying or something but i guess a lot like tarot you get um you get what you get based on where you are and what you're asking, I suppose. So like you said, um, you might not be into using your eyes. And so it won't work today. And that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, that's something we've been learning with um, my mediumship group. Um, We, (laughs) it's so funny, because when I joined it, I I went to this place to do a class on like, psychic development. And then they made a mediumship group out off of it. And I was like, am, am I a medium? Can I do this? And <laughs> turns out apparently I can do it. <laughs> but I think everybody can um, because the more you develop the things, the more they, they happen for you. And like, I couldn't see things. I couldn't, I didn't think I could see things. I didn't think I could hear things, but it does show up sometimes in unexpected ways. Um, That's definitely kind of my perspective on it. So when you first started getting into, like when you were just new to the group and everything, when did you first start to feel that you you could do it? Was there a sudden aha moment for you? Mm, I don't know, because it was something that I've I've experienced before as a kid or um, as a young adult. It was definitely something I've experiences with um in the past but I never really focused on it as something I thought I could do on the regular (laughs) um so that was a really interesting thing to kind of go through um but for me a lot of the times it was I just kind of like knew these things or I felt a certain way or I felt like somebody implanted a thought in my head that was not my own. Um, and it just kind of progresses from there. And then the more you work on certain certain aspects of it, the more it kind of grows and develops. Like, like you can ask to, you can ask your spirit guides or God or creator, whatever you want to talk about spirit with to kind of guide you in these ways and show you different things and, and help you work on different aspects of it, which is kind of what I did. <laughs> Obviously, uh, the witchcraft has affected your life outside of your actual practice. Apart from um, mm-hmm. the feelings that you might get and the intuition and yourself, you opening up to the, all of these things, um, what parts of everyday life have you found have been affected? Maybe like in relationships or habits or anything like that? I would definitely say relationships were affected. Um, 
whether for good or for bad, um, and when I say bad, I don't necessarily mean bad or negative, more as a good riddance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's, yeah, don't need that in my life. Um, I I feel like I'm more able to connect with my authentic self. Um, whereas I don't know if everybody experiences this, but definitely an experience I've had is trying to match like the energy of who I'm with, who I'm hanging out with and, um, the groups that I just so happen to be part of, whether that's within school or within workplace situations, whatever. But now that I have this connection to myself and what's important to me and my value system and all that, I feel a lot better in being me around people and not succumbing to that kind of group energy and when I feel like something isn't for me, I'll back away from it rather than be like, oh, but everybody else is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of I'm thing. I'm totally so, a, a sucker for that. Everyone else is getting a piece of the cake. I need to too. Natalie, you don't even like cake. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely felt that that has shifted for me a lot, which I'm very thankful for because you're a lot happier when you can just be you yeah totally (laughs) a lot happier um it definitely helped my mental health as I said I struggle with um an anxiety disorder and me finding all these little practices and places where I can find peace and calm and enjoyment in things that are very small very small things that can shift my mindset or my focus that have really helped me in the long run in developing better habits and better ways of looking at things that sounds awesome I want that I'll have a scoop of that please (laughs) Uh, I want to bounce back to Ouija boards I know that that's far back in our conversation but I said I'd ask about it and I'm actually remembering too um okay. okay there are probably a lot of misconceptions about these things because they're in like every horror movie ever what's the proper way (laughs) to use a Ouija board Okay, so when you're using anything like that, you want to make sure that you're coming from, you're not coming at it from a negative place. Like you're not being a shithead and you're not being like, oh, what spooky, random, creepy spirit can I invite in? Like that, no, that's not how you want to use a Ouija board. (laughs) Otherwise, like if if you go into it that way, you're inviting that into your life. Do you actually want to invite that into your life? I don't think so. (laughs) So, um, like, it's like any other mediumistic or psychic practice. You want to have some protection in place. So um, you can cast a circle, which is essentially casting an area around where you've labeled this area as the space that you're conducting this in. It's the spooky zone. Yeah, yeah, the spooky zone. I like that. I'm going to use that from now on. Please do. Uh, yeah. You can have like your own little spooky zone where it's like just this space and you're holding space for this event at this time and that's it. It's not allowed anywhere else. You want to make sure you're very clear saying like you're not allowed to affect me. You're not allowed to do these things. Like you can't stay. You have to leave once we're done talking to you. Um, There's different things too like um, some people suggest wiping down the board with a, like a satin cloth or 
something something that symbolizes that you're done and you're cleansing that from your space. So you want to cleanse after you use it, um, whether that's like smoke cleanse or literally like wiping down the board with something. You always want to make sure you go to goodbye when you're done talking with something that comes through the Ouija board also, because if you don't say goodbye, it's just going to hang around. And <laughs> you want to be like, hey, yeah, no, bye, <laughs> go away. Um, so yeah, there's different things like that that you can do, especially if something's coming through and you just not down with it being there. Yeah. That's what I would do. <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay, everybody, you heard it here. One, don't be a dick. And two, put some put some <laughs> protections in place. <laughs> yeah. It's the same rules as with Definitely. dating. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exact same rules. <laughs> Okay, back to the conversation that we were actually at before, um, talking about your life and how now having all of this has helped you become more who you want to be. You have expanded your business past um, just tarot reading to also having a podcast. Would you like to tell us a bit about that? Yes. Okay, well, my podcast is The Strange and Mystic Podcast. Um, actually, so I should say too, I'm changing my business. Um, name. It used to be Kiersey Isla Marie Readings. And if I'm being completely honest, I got really sick of typing all that out. <laughs> so I'm changing it now to Strange and Mystic. Um, so that's what it's going to be moving forward, um, which aligns with the Strange and Mystic podcast. And with my podcast, it, it went on hiatus for a very, very long time. A um, couple months, a couple few months, I think there because I got overwhelmed with COVID life, moving, school, all that stuff, and then kind of just like disappeared. Yeah. But it's coming back. I'm actually, I don't know when you're putting this out, but it will be back on the 13th of January, which is also a new moon in Aquarius. Beautiful. Which is my sign, which I'm really excited about. Um, But yeah, so I have the Strange and Mystic podcast and what it was and what it is, what it will become. It's essentially me chatting about all things mystical, witchy, intuitive, strange. I like deep diving in on different topics every time I do it. It was weekly. It's now coming back bi-weekly because it's a lot more manageable. Mm -hmm. And if something comes up, I'm not going to disappear again. Um, so I actually, on the 13th of January, I will be talking with um, one of my friends who's also a tarot reader and we have a fun conversation about that um, and every once in a while if anybody has a paranormal story they want to share um, they can definitely email that to me it's kiersey at strange and mystic.com is the email um, that's k-i-r-s-i -I for kiersey and yeah, I will read people's stories about their paranormal experiences. And when I say paranormal experience, I don't just mean like a scary supernatural event. I also mean I want to hear if you've had contact with aliens. I want to hear if you've had something weird like synchronicities show up in your life or spirit guides or family members that have had impacts like like if they pass and you've had little things show up and you're like, oh, I think that's my grandpa or something mm -hmm. like that. All those different things. And you are a wonderful host, by the way. I have to say you're oh. such a good podcast host. It is such a joy to listen to you. Thank you. Oh, that means so much. 
actually i'm always doubting it i'm like oh no, no like people listen to me <laughs> i'd like be like you have your sentences and you just say them and i restart my sentences like six times before i get them out so Okay, but you don't see the editing side. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Okay, can we real can we real talk yeah. here? You're I listened to your introduction episode. I unfortunately haven't gotten into very much of your episodes, but I've listened to a few parts here and there. And just to hear you talk about how you started off and wanting to portray this like this voice or this essence um i can't i'm i'm totally paraphrasing here um but how you're explaining that and then saying how going i don't know going to music school kind of like especially taking a recording class and knowing how to do it properly has kind of screwed me up with podcasting yeah, yeah you're like <laughs> just to rant a little i'm sorry everybody but i have to get it off my chest with somebody who understands oh, let's talk <laughs> let's talk lady let's do it <laughs> it doesn't have to be perfect god I had such a hard time with that and even like I'm sure everybody listening to this episode who's listened to a bunch of them can tell that like the mic quality the sound quality changes because I'm not always on the same device and they're probably like people who know nothing about recording are probably like oh well she just sucks at audio well no I needed to do a video chat with someone and my computer doesn't work with that so I had to use my laptop and it doesn't work with the mic yeah. I have and I wasn't gonna go buy a $200 uh -huh. mic for my laptop when I have a perfectly good one that I'll just use next time <laughs> yeah. Ugh, yeah I've noticed I do a click I'm like <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'll keep that one <laughs> but that's what I do sometimes I'm like oh my god <laughs> there's so many things oh. to go wrong and it's so much of it is stylistic too like ugh. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and coming straight out of music school too is like they're always like it has to be perfect or you won't get a job so, but they also told me that I could only sleep three hours a night if I wanted to be real about the industry so how much should I actually Are listen to kidding me oh that's so toxic oh, yeah yeah we could rant about that for hours and hours and hours but <laughs> sleep get your rest you need to take care of sleep yourself you are not what you do oh, yes <laughs> Oh, big things to learn. Um, yeah. Yes. So uh, to summarize, I love your podcast and it's great. So I can't wait for your new episodes to come out. Actually, this one is coming out on uh, January 12th. So. Oh, so a day before. Exactly. Cool. All listeners can tune in to Kiersey's podcast as soon as you're done listening to this one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other information about upcoming work you're doing or things that you would just like um, new fans? What would I say? New fans, new clients, new followers to check out? <laughs> new mystics. Yeah, new mystics. <laughs> I'm calling everybody mystics now. I, I don't like know. That. I kind of, it came out of nowhere and I'm like, I love it. <laughs> um, so I have been kind of with my name change, rebranding a little bit. So I haven't been doing live readings while I was um, in school this semester. And it's, I've kind of allowed myself to take a break and get everything working properly before I launch right into it. But I think I will be launching it next week. Um, so either on the 13th or uh, later on in the week. But yeah, I am going to be launching my business. I am now offering some healing sessions, uh, spiritual healing and that's just a short like 20 minute um booking um 
and at introductory rates because that's very new for me and I just want to see what happens with it. But uh, so I'm doing that. I have some new projects up in the works too for me to actually start handcrafting some stuff. Um, but that's probably about it at the moment. I don't have too much going on because I'm going back to school again. <laughs> You have said the famous line, you are not your work. How do you balance turning this very personal energy consuming stuff into um, work for you? Huh. That, well, I mean, I definitely do a lot of a lot of the psychic protection stuff that I've been talking about. And I do want to do a full podcast episode on it because I think that is so important mm -hmm. And I have some good little like meditations that I like to do and just different, different things I like to do to ground my energy, to protect my energy. Um, and it's, it's very practical, actually, which is really, I read a really interesting book on how it actually helps in just everyday normal life, even if you don't practice all this stuff. Um, but so I do a lot of that. I really make sure that like when I do that work that I'm eating afterwards, that I'm grounding myself back into my body. I like to do a lot of yoga for myself on my own time um, just to make sure that I'm being in my body a little bit. Um, and then I like to kind of disconnect with a good movie. Mm -hmm. I tend to stay off of, of social media lately. Like I'm not active on Facebook whatsoever anymore. It just, it's too much. Um, <laughs> I hate Facebook. Yeah. Such a passion. Yep. Um, so yeah, I try to do, I don't know. I like, I like disappearing into fantasy movies that really, or not, and not just fantasy movies, but movies that just take you to a different place. I find that very, very mm -hmm. good for my anxiety <laughs> and really good for kind of disconnecting from the day in general. Mm-hmm. I would like to close with, um, I guess, three things. First off, what is the coolest personal experience you've had or maybe um, someone close to you has had with quote unquote supernatural things? Oh, man. Um, mm, okay. So many different things, but oh my goodness. <laughs> Like, what do I pick? Okay, I think probably one of the coolest things that I have experienced was um, how I think I was 24. Yeah, I was like 24 and I was living on my own finally in my first like big girl apartment, which, well, no, it wasn't my big girl apartment. It was my first apartment, which was a bachelor suite. So <laughs> it wasn't a big girl apartment yet, but um, it was right when I was really starting to open, open up to things and I kind of put it out there. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm ready for this stuff. And I was reading a book and I had experiences where I had a woman all of a sudden sitting in my kitchen and that happened for a couple of nights where this woman would appear, sit in my kitchen, and I could see her, obviously, because my kitchen and bedroom were one one big room, and I could see yeah. her from my bed where I was reading a book, and I just would stop and be like, no, <laughs> go away. Sorry. Don't oh want to deal God. with this right now. And, like, 
the image of this woman would just kind of disappear and that yeah that happened for like two nights and then the third not night but day I was taking a nap before work on my couch and I was like lying there and I all of a sudden thought of this woman and I was having these weird like you know when you're in this space before you're falling asleep where you're like kind of dreaming mm-hmm. but kind of not you're like in and out of it I was having these like images of a of a dog and an images of this woman and I just knew what her hair color was and I knew how old she was and I I just felt like I knew her energy her her essence and for some reason she had a dog I knew that um (laughs) and I got up and I looked on my fridge and this magnet had moved to cover a family photo and it was so weird because the family photo was of like me, my mom, my dad, my brother, and my brother's now fiance. And mm-hmm. the magnet was covering the, it was just completely covering my brother's fiance. And I was like, this is super weird because I know it wasn't like that before. And I tried everything. I tried slamming yeah. my freezer door with the magnet where it was on the, on the, the door to see if it would move and naturally land mm-hmm. that way. And every time I did it, it didn't matter what I did. It did. It just didn't move that way. There's no way that that naturally happened. And I didn't pick it up and do that. So I thought about it for a while. And then I finally had messaged my brother to ask his fiance if she knew of this girl. Um, and like I gave the details. And sure enough, it reminded her of her cousin. And oh. so I was like, okay, cool. Fast forward to years later when I'm in this mediumship circle and I'm getting a reading from somebody. Well, somebody's doing platform mediumship is where you stand up in front of everybody and you start giving details of a person to see who like who it's for. And so he connected with um, this woman. And as he's saying it, I feel I'm like, hey, this is for me. Like, I know who this person is. I think it's this this woman that appeared in my kitchen <laughs> this random yeah. person I don't know have never met have never heard of and the instructors the people that are are teaching us were like oh who do you think this is for to him and he's like Kiersey I'm like yep I knew it <laughs> it was for me <laughs> and I'm like okay yeah I, I think it's somebody that I know of and so after that, I can't remember what exactly the message was for me, but as I'm driving home, I called my brother and his fiance on my Bluetooth and I'm telling them what happened. And it's her freaking birthday the next day. Like that would have been her birthday. Oh. It was so weird. It was just so like, I still have no idea why she connected with me, but it was just yeah. super weird and super cool. It's just kind of one of those eye-opening moments where I'm like, okay, there's something to this. I don't know what, but there's something. <laughs> yeah, there's something there. That sounds absolutely terrifying to have somebody in your kitchen all of a sudden. Um, yes and no. It, it's really weird. I used to be really afraid of it and used to think, and I think that's why people get so spooked when they have experiences with seeing a spirit or um, having a spirit energy around them. It's because we're afraid of the unknown. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we don't understand it and we don't know what it wants or what it's there for, we're scared. 
But if we kind of look at it from a perspective of, oh, it's not, it's nothing bad. I'm not here calling bad things to me or negative things to me. Um, I'm really have no place for it. I tell it to go away if there's something that I don't want there. But that's a very um, comforting way of looking at it. I think horror movies have put a very um, ominous thought of oh, spirits into totally. my head. No. You don't want something yeah. there. You tell them, no, this is my space. Get out. Bye. <laughs> oh, that's so much easier than the movies make it, it seem. It, it truly is. I mean, sometimes, yeah, you can have att attachments, but if if you're very, very much like this is my space, you're not allowed here. You need to leave. They're like nine times out of 10, it will leave. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to tell our listeners who maybe have no idea about paganism or witchcraft or even um, something to tell people who are looking into those things? Um, I would tell people that if they're looking into it to definitely, I, I would definitely say that if you're looking into it and you're not sure where you fit, you don't have to fit any particular space or spot or with any group. I would say keep looking and find what resonates with you. And if something doesn't resonate with you and something doesn't feel right, then you don't need to follow that. You don't need to um, try to fit yourself into that box. Um, when it comes to different practices, please do your research. Um, and I know, I know it can be hard and daunting and overwhelming at the beginning, but if you're unsure, there's lots and lots of resources out. Like there's a huge Instagram witch community that has so many good resources, so many good places to go for information and for beginner stuff. Um, a lot of my practice developed because of books and the internet. Um, I didn't actually find a lot of real people for a very long time, which was interesting. Um, but know that there's all these different communities that you can keep searching for. If something, it's, it's like finding a therapist that works for you. If, they, if you're not feeling it, if you're not feeling that connection, well, then you can keep looking for something that, or for somebody that really resonates with you. Um, I think that's probably the best piece of advice I have there. Um, and yeah, again, when it comes to, to different practices to do, do your research to the best of your knowledge and, or sorry, the best of your ability. And if you find that something you're doing is, uh, is appropriating a culture or a belief system that isn't yours, um, then take, take the take any criticism or any call outs or call-ins that you get and use it as an educational moment um don't don't get defensive about it just kind of be like oh okay i'm not using this correctly or this isn't what i'm supposed to be doing um and smudging is uh, a very particular indigenous ritual so please know that don't buy white sage from random occult shops unless you know where it's coming from. Um, that's probably my biggest, biggest pet peeve lately is seeing these um, smudge kits that are not for, they're not for what 
they say they're for. Yeah. Um, awesome. Where can listeners find you? Okay. Well, hopefully my website is up and running, <laughs> but that'll contain everything. So that is strangeandmystic.com. That's where you'll find my live readings, my PDF readings, healings, um, my new project in the works soon to come, hopefully, if all the stuff I ordered for it ever get here. Um, and my podcast should be out on January 13th. That is the Strange and Mystic Podcast. And that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like basically everywhere. Um, I'm not sure what it's not on. Um, if you found this podcast, you can yeah. find her podcast. Okay, everybody? <laughs> Essentially. And then um, <laughs> I'm most active on Instagram and my handle is at Kiersey Isla Marie. That's K-I-R-S-I-A-I-L-A. M-A-R-I-E. <laughs> There's a lot of I's in that name. Yes, I know. <laughs> my name, my grandmother's, both of their names. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And then I also, I've been trying to get back into Twitter. I don't know what kind of made me want to do that. But if you don't <laughs> follow me, my handle is also the same as my Instagram. <laughs> Everything's pretty much the same. Awesome. I know nothing about Twitter, so kudos to anybody who uses that thing. I haven't used it since high school. <laughs> it's a long time ago. All right. Well, we'll try it anyway. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Kiersey. This was so illuminating and so educational and so much fun. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. Um, this was lots of fun. I loved it. <laughs> All right, everybody, that was my episode of Natter the Zillennial podcast talking with Kiersey about mystical and witchy things. Be sure to check out her podcast and her work and uh, have a great week. Go pet a dog or a cat and uh, be nice to each other. 